Hello and welcome to a live Peppy break on Deprogrammed. I'm here today with my sometimes co-host, Greg Wilson. How are you, Greg? What's up, my nittas? We, you color coordinated. We're both wearing blue unintentionally. I yeah. I, I was, uh, I knew what you were wearing beforehand, so I <laughs> won't tell you why or how I know, but I wanted to coordinate it. Uh, blue's my favorite color. What's yours? Uh, green. Oh. Green for Greg. Green for Greg. There is, uh, since I'm thinking of it, so we start off talking about blue, I haven't, I haven't promoted this yet, but Chicken Lady Fiber Arts, if you're watching, thank you so much. I saw Greg, she made a whole yarn colorway, I think is what they call it. That's all different shades of blue and it's called Deprogrammed. Which is so, oh, really? Yeah, like a That's whole cool. yarn color. Yeah, so... Thank you, lady, if you're here, and I will I will push that's that out cool. so people can buy that from you if they if they like blue also. Um, so today, just Greg and I, we were talking right before we started, but if anybody's curious, I'll tell you as well. This is my new old house. We are in the middle of renovating it, so there's a bunch of we're tearing down wallpaper, and I tried to hide some of it with art, but I think you can see some of it. <laughs> and I, I, right, just a little right there okay yeah and uh oh sh i forgot can you hear that siren i can okay so this town is very very small i'm not saying what the town is but every day at noon which is when i start kerfefe break there's a siren that goes off and i forgot about it because this is the first one i'm doing here and so what we're gonna do from now on and it only goes for like a minute so we're just gonna start a couple minutes late every time so that nobody has to hear this. This will be the only time you have to hear it. <laughs> it's a little town. Uh, they have a they have a water tower over near where they do the siren, and um, they did this. They had a guy paint it with the name of the town, and it and it was beautiful. He did hand lettering and everything, but he misspelled the town. <laughs> oh no! After all that work. Yes. And then he had to repaint it. It's like, I feel like I'm living in, uh, what's that town in uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I feel like I'm living in that town. Oh, boy. Uh, I yeah, love it. I haven't watched that movie in a long, long time. Yeah. It's worth a, worth a rewatch. We, we watched yeah. it recently. But, um, I mean, there's, but yeah, a, so. there's a few people I that movie's inspired me to have some dreams about setting on fire in a building while they're still in it. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting it burn. Maybe yeah. a couple dogs that I know, you know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so the dogs are here. Uh, we spent the past, for there were some people confused who, I guess, uh, follow my post on Instagram or something. We bought this old new house over a year ago, but we were trying to get it renovated before we moved in. And we're leasing back my little house, the place I usually do shows from. And then we had to get out before this place was done. So it's basically like a construction zone. We have one, we have a toilet and we have a sink. We do not have showers yet. So we're using the showers at the gym. We do not have a kitchen yet. And basically, uh, we're. it's sort of like everything's in the middle of a construction zone. So we're going to spend the next year probably moving things from room to room as we fix up each room but it's fun i love it we have a beautiful 
wraparound porch. Um, and I forgot, I forgot what it's like to sit on porches. There's a line I've mentioned before, Greg, in uh, Fahrenheit 451. Have you read that recently? Not recently, no. We read it for book club this past year. There's a line in there where a character is talking about how there used to be porches. And what she's talking about is that there used to be this sort of place for community where people yeah. would hang out on their porches and talk and talk about the news. Yeah, your neighbors and, would come over. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I haven't had that. And, and this is, it makes me, it's just so nice to sit there with a cup of coffee in the morning. It makes me think of my grandparents. They used to always spend time on their porch with us kids. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm, I'm, that's probably my favorite thing so far is just sitting out there with the dogs. Oh, it's a beautiful house too. I yeah. Really look forward to, uh, to seeing uh, all the, the work you get done. You'll, you guys will have to come visit. Uh, yeah. I so, you, I'm going to come visit. We're going to take my Jeep out. We're going to hit the trails. Yeah. We're going to leave. We're going to leave Tiger in a cage. <laughs> you, one quick thing about how you make fun of Tiger. You, you would totally, you and my husband would really get along for a lot of reasons. But one reason. Oh, he is, hates Tiger too? He teases Tiger all, he loves Tiger. <laughs> but he teases him all the time. It's really funny. He's like a little Greg here, here at the house. He's, he'll say things like, he'll say mean things to Tiger, just joking. And then, and then if I'm like, don't talk to Tiger that way. What are you doing? And he says, well, you should hear what he's saying about me. He's, he, he's in Spanish, <laughs> so you don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me and my wife. I, I, I trash talk, especially my little dog who looks like a, like she just escaped out of a meth lab because we shaved her, <laughs> but she, she hates being shaved. Like, ap like, well, not being shaved. She just doesn't like getting haircuts. So it's, you can't like, uh, you know, she gets any, you know, she's Pomeranian. So when she gets like mats and stuff in her hair, it combing them out, like she gets mad. She's just, you know, does a little like little dog barks and stuff. Well, she doesn't have any teeth anymore. So, you know, she just kind of gives you a, a gumming. <laughs> so you don't have to worry gumming. about it. But she was, oh, she was furious when, because her hair just got so bad. It's like, we got to shave it. Um, and, but and we only. Summertime. Yeah, and it was summertime. We only got so far before it would just like she was about to have a heart attack. And so now she's got like little patches and stuff. I wonder if I can get her. Emma, come here. Let me see. Oh, I thought well, she was Emma. Oh, she must oh Emma. I got a poop. Maybe she's outside. This is Bella. Maybe we should come she's, in. she's not mine. She's just been hanging out with me for a week. And huh. she's she's a little alpha. I mean let me tell you the first, first oh the little dogs yeah. yeah yeah she'll put tiger in his place like that good yeah. i like this dog already <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna mute so i can call for emma one more time okay okay <laughs> so anybody who's new to this channel i'll do the announcements now this is a new channel this is a friday or monday and friday live show that we do where we just hang out we talk about what's in the news we talk about what's going on in our lives and talk with chat and uh if it's your first time here please hit like and subscribe we've only been around for a couple months and we just passed 9,000 subscribers thank you guys so much everybody who's who's come to hang out with us um what else what other announcements we have a locals we do have a subscribe star if you like the show and want to support it we do have a patreon and uh we're trying to put more content out on locals we had to reschedule book club again because of my crazy move 
we're going to be announcing a new date soon. Amy's helping with that. And here's your little Look at dog. this thing. <laughs> oh, you did the teddy bear shave where you keep the hair around the face. Yeah, and she's got like little tufts everywhere that she won't let me get to. Oh, no. And she's old, so she's got this cough. <laughs> Poor dog. She is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can... oh, sorry. Yeah, Dion says it's the lion cut. Hi, Dion. Yeah, that's what it's called, the lion cut. Yeah. That's, hey, it's more are... like the meth lion cut, but <laughs> she's Thank a mess. Showing me. So what did yeah. you spend your weekend on? I know, but I want people to hear what you did. <laughs> oh, boy. So I am not a fan of Jimmy Buffett music. People are like, why don't you like Jimmy Buffett? And I just tell them because I lived in Florida. And if you live in like Southern Florida, especially like I lived on Marco Island and every band is a Jimmy Buffett cover band. Every restaurant plays Jimmy Buffett music. And so even if it was songs that you could enjoy, they ruin it for you. So I was just like, I can't, I can't listen to Jimmy Buffett anymore. And somebody, a buddy of uh, mine, and my wife's gave, he was going to go to this Jimmy Buffett concert. He got called up for work to travel to Colorado. So we got the tickets. I was uh, dragged to the concert, but I had a really good time. <laughs> and now there's video evidence of me singing Jimmy Buffett songs, which I I've already say... contacted uh, the DHS uh, department for <laughs> disinformation to have uh, those videos removed and anybody that's sharing those videos have them subsequently arrested um, and punished to the fullest extent of the law. But so that was actually fun. Uh, Jimmy Buffett concerts are as crazy as all the stories that you've heard. Uh, they're all true. I didn't know, but there's a, there's a thing called a, like a parrot head. Yeah. Like like a yep. deadhead. They go to all the Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, they're all called yeah, Jimmy Parrot uh Jimmy Parrot. Jimmy Buffett fans. Yeah, they're called parrot heads. I found that out. Um <laughs> and so we yeah, you know, dressed up and had the lays and the beads on and we were drinking. We were drinking out of uh we got little sand buckets. Um oh my god like sand castle buckets, we were drinking out of those. So I was mixing like little they're not wine coolers, but it's pretty similar. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the the new fad for all the white lady drinks. Um, okay. Like <laughs> white Claw and stuff. Okay. And we were, but they were like Bahama Breeze kind of things. Um, pouring those in the bucket and then pouring coconut, coconut rum, excuse me. And. Uh, so that's how you had a good time. Yeah. So I had a pretty good time. I uh, then after that, the next day. I, I was pretty worn out. And then my buddy said, like, hey, what are we doing? And my other buddy was having a big bonfire at his place and wanted me to come over. But I know if I go to his place, we stay up to like four in the morning playing board games and drinking bourbon. Um, and usually a bottle of bourbon gets destroyed. So I was like, no, I can't. I can't do that. So I told my, my friend, I was like, I just want to do something low key. I was like, why don't we go get tattoos? <laughs> and he's like, oh, that sounds low key. <laughs> Uh, so he got a tattoo. Um, what are you getting? Oh, I'm reading Adam Warhol. I said, did, 
did Greg see AOC or Dom Lemon while he was there? Were they there? Oh, I think he means, is he joking about Florida? How they oh, all go to Florida? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that would have been, oh, it's probably best I didn't see you know, if they were yeah. there. I was, was inebriated enough to say something stupid. Um, but so yeah, he went and got a tattoo. I got a consultation. I'm going to try to get a, my whole arm done. And what are you getting? Do you know? I love like horror and I love HP Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. Um, and for all you SJWs out there, despite his racism and racism and anti-Semitism, <laughs> he actually changed later on in life and kind of, um, was sorry for that stuff just in case you're out there. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to get like, start out with Cthulhu up here and then have okay. some of like the art from some of the various other stuff like Dagon oh, and, cool. uh, like, uh, figure if I can do like a color out of space somehow, like get into mm -hmm. that, like, so we'll see. I'll probably change my, my whole idea and design before. Can I ask you before we get into the topic? We are going to talk about the the new disinformation governments board today, guys, uh, mm. and 1984 a little bit. But about horror, I love I love horror too, and I've I've had a I've actually did a whole show with um with Mystery Chris about it one night. We were talking about it. Why do you think Why do you think that people? Because I think of you and uh, I have such joyful feelings. Like you're you're a person who's very joyful you appreciate the good things in life you you find joy in everything I'm, you I'm a really you, good liar on camera you bring <laughs> no deeply you are miserable a per person you are a person of love <laughs> greg so and yeah. and i've tried to explain this before i've thought about this before for people who don't maybe understand that w why you can be drawn to dark art or things like horror movies and stuff why do you think it is because it's, I don't know, it's because it's scary. Like it gets like your heart pumping and stuff and it, it gets, because you, I, well, I say this non-authoritatively, um, but we all have like nightmares and stuff, stuff that scares us. And it's, it's kind of to like get to experience that, but controlled, you yeah. know, like in your nightmares, you don't have any control over it. Um, but horror movies you, you have a control and to see these things and it's not real um so you can kind of let your imagination fly and i, I like uh with horror especially like more like atmospheric and slow burn mm. horror if they're done right that they can just your mind just fills in the blanks like when they don't show the monster or you don't see the monster to the very end or you just catch a little clip glimpses um of it in the shadow so you just get like a little bit of the face or like a hand um and it's just not right uh that stuff you know so then your mind starts working and trying to come up with it and you just kind of get invested and i always i've always enjoyed horror i like getting scared i like the blood and gut stuff um i don't know i it's, i thought there was something that they're like people that watch horror like have like are typically like the least violent people or like the least angry and stuff for whatever reason there's, but couldn't give you an exact thing. I've just always really enjoyed like horror and getting scared. Um, I, it was terrified me as a kid. And so I guess it's kind of like having control over it. And there are studies. I, when, when I talked about this with Mr. Chris, there are studies that say it's um, that people, 
it's a, it's a way of exercising fear in a safe environment because like you said you know the scary movie is going to end and your body uh anticipates the endorphins at the end they it actually your body anticipates yeah. that feel that the whole climax and then the ending and then you have those pleasurable feelings when it's over and and i i think there's something to that and even when you're talking about atmospheric horror no wonder you like hp lovecraft do you do you mm -hmm. also like edgar Allan poe because i feel like oh he yeah really... love edgar Allan poe yeah he builds see that was build. a tattoo i would have loved to have done is all his works but my friend who taught me how to make knives he has this amazing edgar Allan poe arm you know sleeve and it's art from all the wow. the stories and it's it's incredible like how it was all brought in and stuff it's really cool yeah he's he's amazing i i when i was younger i i went through a phase where i really i really loved reading him and then and then i didn't read him for 20 something years and i recently reread black cat uh, which is a great look into like the mind of a psychopath um but but yeah anyway i find that stuff i went to a, i went to a gay wedding at the at ground pole museum where's that richmond virginia oh cool yeah hmm. so that was that was pretty cool it's actually a really cool building and they have a little cat that's been there forever a black know, cat so, yeah <laughs> and uh it's cool can you show people so greg for anyone who doesn't know greg is a knife maker and we had a contest to name the live show on mondays and fridays and the winner was the swill and we actually changed our mind we're not renaming the the live show we're going to keep it kerfuffy break but we're going to use uh the swills suggestion which was uh, keep calm and carry on we're doing a t-shirt design and so he won the contest he won a handmade knife and you have it there. I haven't, I've only yeah. seen a picture of it. Can you I was already it? supposed to shift it out on Wednesday, but you know, I didn't. So but Jimmy Buffett happened. For one, for the swill, I'm sorry. I haven't shipped it yet, but you get to see it on camera. So I did it anyways for you. Um, so this is it and it's sheep. So it's actually. Uh, wow. That's gorgeous. Uh, so it's, it's actually in Kydex. So it's, it's um, Kydex, which is a, a malleable hard plastic you heat it up and you can mold it and then it's uh leather over top of that so it makes it look old and then god dang there it is okay i'll slice my finger off um and then so this i won't I got the runes etched in there uh wow. and i got the handle here all etched up that's amazing. What a great gift. I yeah, want to win. The it turned contest. out. I know. <laughs> so I was making it and I, I used a lot of my buddy Mike's equipment since his is a lot better than mine. So I like going over to his place. And yeah, when I was making it, he, she was like, well, no, I want to make one. It's not fair. That looks too cool. He's like, don't give it to him. Don't do it. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for that. And thanks for showing us. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a fun project. I'm really glad because I've it's one of my favorite knives is the the sax. And so Sacks. when that's the type of knife that is. Okay. Yeah. And so when 
you know, I gave the option as well for any type of knife he wanted. So he came back with that and he's like, well, I really like the Viking sacks. I was like, oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> and so it was a fun project. That's awesome. Well, well, so for anybody who doesn't know, we figured today, Greg was like, let's just talk about the disinformation governance board. Cause there's a lot going on with that. Um, and there have been, I almost, sometimes I feel like we're repeating ourselves about certain things because, you know, I've said several times, and I know everybody in chats noticed it's it, the past couple of years, you can't help but think of Orwell in so many ways. And so um, this, a lot of people have made the comparison that this disinformation governance board is like the, the ministry of truth. They might as well just call it that from 1984. Um, why don't you, can you lay out what this is for anybody who may not have been paying attention to it? Yeah. Real quick though. I read in a comment, Ken Jack Ben saying something about mispronouncing Cthulhu. And I didn't get the full comment or I probably lost it, but that's actually true. Everybody mispronounces Cthulhu because Cthulhu is supposed to be something that's out of this world. It's cosmic horror. So we're not meant to be able to pronounce it. Uh, when HP Lovecraft was asked about it, um, he said the closest pronunciation that humans could be able to make was actually Kulu or something along that, that term. So technically you're right. So yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, this disinformation board, uh, I'm sure most everybody has heard about. It's been pretty big in the news released, um, you know, independent media, but the department of Homeland security led by a Mayorkas is set up a, you know, an unelected commission or a board um, or ministry for mm -hmm. another uh, term that is supposed to be going through and finding disinformation and marking it down. And it's all for, you know, the purpose of national security, which is such BS. Um, and they're trying to say, well, it's, you know, it's mostly for, you know, national security, you know, like stuff that's coming from North Korea and Russia and China, um, you know, misinformation there. But if we know anything about the left, well, anything the right says that they disagree with is, oh, you're a Russian bot. That's Russian propaganda. So what does it mean when Mallorca says, oh, it's mostly for like Russian disinformation and stuff? But what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I shared a link uh, that will probably pull up the video or right now. Um, if you listen to this and listen to the words that he uses, things like best practices, Russian propaganda, uh, stuff like that, and you realize he's saying absolutely nothing about this this ministry of truth which it's you know being deemed it's hey Cole, but before you hit play just a quick thank you for the super chat to air to the run just saying hello from geeks and gamers and friday night tights communities well hello thanks for checking us out thanks for hanging out today okay we're gonna play this creepy guy Let's talk about a, a different topic, which is uh, what you are calling, your department is calling the Disinformation Governance Board. You unveiled that uh, this week. Republicans are calling it Orwellian and comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. 
Can you clarify what exactly is this? What exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will it monitor American citizens? Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. It, it, it's clear. I mean, th those criticisms are precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. So the, the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. Mm -hmm. And this department has been addressing it for years throughout the years of the prior administration and an ongoing basis. Disinformation from oh, Russia, why this right. China. We know the Iran. problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act. What, what will it do? So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy. And the board, the, this working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational will, authority. Will American citizens be monitored? No. Guarantee what, that. Well, so what we do, we, we oh, in the Department answer that of one. Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries, from the cartels, and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. Republicans are criticizing your decision, the administration's decision to choose Nina Jankowicz to lead this disinformation board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. Your response? Eminently qualified, a renowned expert in the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. <laughs> Would you be okay if Donald Trump were president, if he created this disinformation board, governance board, or if it is in place and he wins again in 2024, that he's in charge of such a thing? I believe that this working group that gathers together gathers together best practices, makes sure that our, our work is uh, coordinated, consistent with those best practices, that we're safeguarding the right of free speech, that we're safeguarding civil liberties, I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor. Before I let you go, I'm sure you uh, have heard that Kevin McCarthy, now the Republican leader who hopes to be speaker if Republicans take over in November, uh, will consider impeaching you. Your response? I am incredibly proud uh, to work with 250,000 dedicated and talented personnel, and I look forward to continuing to do so. No concern about that? I am not. I am focused on mission and supporting our incredible workforce. Mr. Secretary, thank you for coming in this morning. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Let's say a little bit about Jankowitz first, because okay. she's eminently qualified. So one, she has a connection to She's worked with the foreign ministry in Ukraine, um, which is a, she's a Fulbright fellow. Um, I, I saw that she's been uh, in one of the news articles about this said that she has been working with Ukraine to develop a narrative and to fight Russian propaganda. And you know what Ukraine is doing right now? 
regardless of, you know, where you stand on the matter. Um, they, any, any dissident voices, anybody that has any opposing views to what Ukraine, Ukraine is doing. And there's some really deep element, like there, there's nuance to a lot of this stuff. Um, but they're on video and they're proud of it going like arresting senior citizens. There's video of it, them arresting them, going through their Facebook posts and coming in and arresting them. This is, and this is the person that's connect, basically connected to this. And you think this doesn't, the timing of this with Twitter, Elon Musk, um, Ukraine, what's mm -hmm. going on there. And basically anything that the right does is Russian propaganda. You don't think that this is what they're wanting to uh, do here. Yeah. I mean, this well, is, this is 1984. This is yeah. What? So she also, she basically, uh, as people in the chat are pointing out, Nina Jankowitz, who's going to be the head of this, this disinformation governor's board. She poo-pooed the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yes. Right. So, which turned out to be true, even though it was censored. True. It was censored. They took down the New York Post articles about it off of Twitter. They censored news outlets who were trying to cover it. The party did. If we're going to use Orwellian language, the party yeah. said, you can't talk about this. And she was one of those people who was calling it disinformation. She also pushed and supported the Russian collusion narrative that Trump was yeah. somehow colluding with Russia. Yeah. So eminently qualified that even under like the multi-year, uh, what's what's the guy's name that headed the whole investigation and found nothing, you know, when they had the whole, uh, the Mueller, the Mueller, 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 yeah, the whole Mueller investigation that turned up nothing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, this is the scary stuff. And if you listen to that interview, he constantly, you know, well, we're, you know, best practices. We're just putting in best practices. Like, what does that mean? Because, you know, I've worked with the government a lot. And that's just a catchphrase of we haven't real, we don't really know or we know and we don't want to tell you. So it's just best practices. You know, it's like, well, what are those best practices? Let's delve into that. And the fact, well, it's CNN, but um, just total softball questions kind of disguised like they're hard hitting, you know, cause they're like, Oh yeah, I'd like to know that. But you know, like it was a good question about well, what if Trump did this, what would be your stance, yeah. but then no follow up to it. So it's like, because they already know that he's just going to follow up with word salad. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this board, the, well, the other thing just quickly about that video that I noticed is, even the interviewer says the way she frames the question, she says, Republicans are, are calling this disinformation governance board, yeah. the ministry of truth. Okay. That's even that, even that phrasing is wrong. It's not just Republicans mm -hmm. that plays into the same bullshit narrative that somehow everything is best viewed as this fight between Republicans and Democrats. It's not, yeah. there are lots of liberals 
liberals yeah, it's just, should it's, be it's against authoritarianism. Yes, there are lots of liberals who are calling this out and saying this is scary. We're setting up a literal ministry of truth. It's not just Republicans, and I think even phrasing it that way is wrong because you keep yeah, people but, locked. But into if that you dichotomy. if you are a liberal that is against this, you're you're basically a Republican now, or you're <laughs> you know. So they say, yeah, I've been told. <laughs> yeah. So it's like if you're paying attention to anything that's going on in all the language games and changing definitions of words and, you know, anybody that disagrees with me is literally Hitler kind of yeah. stuff that's out there. You know what, you know, they need to delve into, okay, what, what do you mean Russian propaganda? Was Trump winning the 2016 election? Was that Russian propaganda that won it for him? Because that was found to be false, you know. Yeah. Was the uh, the dossier was that Russian propaganda? You know, but, was but they, yeah, you know, and <laughs> yeah, it's a I go on and on with this stuff. You know, the the Hunter Biden stuff, the laptop was that Russian propaganda, and. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you know, and it goes into like Ukraine and stuff and anything um, that you watch that isn't pro-Ukraine that makes you question stuff. Like, I think they're bad actors on both sides. And but if you question anything that Ukraine is doing, like um, Damask or Dembas or what, mm -hmm. I can't remember these these weird names. Um where they've been for years and years, they've been shelling residential areas. They've been shelling markets and killing people. The ghost of Kiev, not true. Yeah. Ukraine even came out with that. The whole thing with the mass graves, it made it sound like, and even um, it wasn't Zelensky. It was whatever the mayor of whatever town that happened in um, was saying, like, yeah, they had these big pits and you're, you're basically trying to picture, they're trying to make you picture like what happened to the Jews, you know, where they're just, you know, no names or anything, just dumping them in a pit, you know, throwing lie on top and, you know, filling it in. Uh, that's what they wanted you to think it was. And there, uh, there's a female journalist out there that went in and like filmed it and questioned about it. And there might've been 400 graves, about like hundred of them, I think were empty. Um, they put names on every single one, even like it didn't matter if it was Russian or Ukrainian. They they still buried them um, with dignity. That, that it was completely made up. None of the news outlets are covering that because yeah. there's a narrative. And you think this this ministry is true stuff is not a big deal, you know? I yeah. Think uh, you, you're being you're, a little. <laughs> yeah, you're sticking your head in the sand. You're, can yeah. you pull up? Can you pull up uh, the link I just sent you on Telegram, Cole? This is a Fox News article, and it just goes through some of the background on Jankowitz that we're talking about. Um, pull that one up, and then and then while you're doing that, th there is a there's a part of th these people that you're talking about, Greg, who don't think this is a big deal. There's a there's a part of the book in 1984 that talks about the people who are not really awake to what's happening, who kind of stick their head in the sand. And in a way it, it's the, the main characters talk about one of the other characters, uh, Julia and, and how she's not aware of, of a lot of the lies or doesn't even care. So for example, in the book, 
the party that controls everything. The party recreates the past. They change the past. They alter it. They tell you what the present is and they tell you what the future is. And they do this constantly. And they even lie about things that to a normal person seem inconsequential. Like, why would you lie about that? So for example, in the book, the, the party pretends that they invented airplanes, that the party invented airplanes. And, and he says to Julie at one point, like the party didn't invent airplanes. That's, I remember airplanes from my childhood. They existed long before the party. And she sort of responds in a, well, what does that matter? Kind of, why does it, why does it matter who created airplanes? And, and then he uses that as a jumping off point, the narrator to kind of talk about how, um, it's almost a coping mechanism of sorts to stick your head in the sand because in that way you can, it is one way to try and remain sane in an insane world is just to say, I can't get into this. And I know a lot of people who choose that route because I think it is a safer route to be sort of, I just can't look at this, right? Like I can't go down this route. I can't look at, at just the magnitude of lies and the magnitude of disinformation. And I can't, I can't reconcile living in this crazy world. So I'm going to stay with my head buried. And I think a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a bit of a tangent, but, but, but there's yeah, a whole no. passage about that. No, I mean, that's a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people are doing. And I, that's what makes it the most scary because they do these little things that, you know, you feed little lies out there that, you know, people like, well, you know, maybe it's true. I don't know. You know, they just don't care because it's so small. And you keep on doing it. Eventually, you add all that stuff up. It's huge lies, um, and it starts shifting everything. And before you know it, you know, just being a regular person, you have no idea what is or isn't the truth anymore. Um, who to question and what, uh, you know, what, you know, what, what side you're on? Or are you the bad guy? Or are you the good guy anymore? Kind of thing. I mean, you you get it's going to get people to the point where. You're, you're just having a conversation with your neighbor and joking because we all go out, we all, you know, have conversation, we'll crack, you know, raunchy jokes or we'll crack like dark jokes and stuff or make really, you know, bad jokes that if in the wrong company would be super offensive, but it's just, it's fun. It's, it's that, you know, gallows humor and stuff. Um, everybody does it. And to then, you know, now be in a spot where if you're saying that to your neighbor, who's all laughing with you, you don't know if the behind you, they're reporting that like, Oh, he said this. Yeah. And now we're going to, we're going to report you to the, the you know, disinformation governance board. And yes. we're, they're going to come knocking on your door saying, Oh, they don't have operational authority. You know, how many times have they said that for all sorts of unelected, you know, organizations, you know, is the CDC, is that a, is that elected by the public? But they seem to have some pretty big oh, yeah. operational authority when they don't actually have it. So it's just a bunch of BS. It's a bullshit I mean, line. you can go out there and this is the stuff that's going to destroy you from going out and having a good time with yeah. people. Um, if you want to read this, I'll be right back. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Or, Let's, uh, so uh, this is a Fox... Minute. No worries. This is a Fox News piece. The headline is tweets from disinformation czar reveal history of dubious claims on COVID, Hunter Biden and Russia. 
and I'll just read some of this. This is about Nina Jankowicz. So she's the person that that the Biden administration has put in charge of this new di di disinformation government's governance board. Okay, the Department of Homeland Security has formed a new disinformation governance board ahead of the 2022 midterms in order to counter online, quote, misinformation related to COVID-19 elections and migrant smuggling. President Biden's pick to head the board, Dina Jankowicz, has already ruffled some feathers after it was discovered that the Wilson Center Global Fellow and author had previously pushed information later found to be false or misleading. In March of 2020, Jankowicz quote tweeted a post from Rob Lethern, who formerly worked on integrity products at Facebook. At the time, Lethern announced that the company was giving the World Health Organization and other notable groups, <laughs> notable, as many free ads as needed for COVID-19 response. This is good, she says. Oh, that's her, yeah. This is good. Now hope that the rest of the ad tech industry stops placing ads for mask and worse, straight up disinfo on articles and info about coronavirus, Jankowitz wrote on Twitter. The new disinformation board executive director was li likely touting the opinion of Dr. Anthony Fauci and other U.S. Health, health leaders who at the time advised Americans not to wear masks. Isn't that funny? So this is back. Remember to the way, way back time, the time that the party wants us to forget. Remember back when Fauci was openly saying, don't wear masks, they don't help. That, so she at the time was poo-pooing mask wearing. I'm pretty sure she probably changed her tune on that. Um, <clears throat> Later, Fauci admitted that he was concerned that there wouldn't be enough protective equipment, PPE, for frontline healthcare workers. Actually, I'm going to, as an aside, this is not in the article, but the article says he, he later admitted he was concerned. What he admitted to, Fauci admitted he lied. He said he lied. He said, in, instead of saying, uh, my opinion on mask wearing changed, which I think would have been an acceptable answer. I didn't think we needed to wear them. Then I th changed my mind and thought we did. Instead of saying that, he basically said, I always thought we should wear them, but I lied and told the American public not to wear them. And I lied for a good reason. Red flag. I don't care. You just admitted to lying. Like he lied. And so, and and also, I don't believe him. I don't even believe that. I don't believe that that's why his opinion changed or that he suddenly changed what he was saying publicly. Because if you look through his personal emails, some of which were leaked, he emailed a friend who was asking him, should I wear a mask or not? Personally, a personal friend. And he told her, no, they don't help. <laughs> so, so oh, was yeah. he lying they, to they that one that friend? Help. Yeah. Was well, it recently they had uh, whatever re correspondence breakfast or something um, that he didn't show up to the actual uh, breakfast itself um, because, you know, he is stating how he's worried, you know, about uh, COVID. Um, but then he shows up to the party afterwards without a mask on. And wow. taking pictures of all these people and stuff. Of course he did. These people don't believe this. It's all about power. It's all a bunch of BS. And the thing is, it destroys if there actually is real credible threats that need to be taken seriously because of actual health risks that are really dangerous. What happens if we have a real pandemic that is 
truly deadly and they need to get crucial information out. You've lied so many times and you've played yeah. so many politics with this stuff. You are putting everybody's lives at risk because you are the disinformation. Because and nobody... people aren't going to trust it. And they're going to go out there and do dangerous things because you might be telling the truth. But, you know, it's the, the boy who cried wolf thing. When yes, it comes no down one... to you actually uh, life actually in danger, nobody's there. Yeah, nobody believes you anymore for good reason. Um, so continuing with this article, the new disinformation board exe executive director was, uh, I already read that part. Sorry. The disinformation fellow has also repeatedly called into question the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden laptop story quote back on the laptop from hell. Apparently Biden notes 50 former NATSEC officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. Trump says, Russia, Russia, Russia. Jankowitz tweeted this in October of 2020. After the tweet resurfaced and drew criticism from conservatives, Jankowitz cast doubt on the controversy by claiming it was, quote, simply a direct quote from the presidential candidates. But a week before her tweet about the debate, Jankowitz said that the laptop should be viewed as a, quote, Trump campaign product. Mm -hmm. during a conversation with the Associated Press. So I think that gives us insight, Greg, into what she is going to call disinformation, which is anything yeah. oh, that hurts and, the party. And to Mallorca, she probably is eminently, eminently qualified because they're going to do exactly what they want her to do. Go yeah. after all the stuff that takes the power away from the authoritarian party. Um, and this is, again, this isn't right versus left. This is authoritarianism that mm -hmm. we're against. And, you know, Republicans, plenty of Republicans are out there pushing the same thing. Um, and we'll probably be on board with this because like, well, we don't like Russia. So Russia propaganda, that's bad, you know, because they play the politics. They play the, the word games and stuff. And they're like, well, we pulled for this and People, you know, are afraid of Russia. So we should be for, you know, against Russian disinformation. And but yet nobody can define what that is. Every time they come out and say, well, that's Russian disinformation. It's not Russian disinformation. Um, not to say that Russia doesn't do Russian disinformation because they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 crazy. Um uh, yeah, there's other things we'll go into a little bit later when we kind of talk about, you know, uh, bringing this into how this impacts uh, having fun, yeah. um, okay. community, getting together. Yeah. Um, just a little bit more about her and the laptop story. Jankowitz, this is again from the Fox News piece. Jankowitz also tweeted about the laptop on two other occasions. In one instance, she tweeted out a link to an article from Time that she claimed indicated, quote, more doubt on the provenance of the New York Post story that initially broke the news on Biden's son. Another tweet saw the disinfo expert claim that the Hunter Biden emails need not be altered to be, quote, part of an influential campaign and argued that voters, quote, deserve context rather than a, quote, fairy tale about the Delaware laptop repair store. Additionally, Jenkowitz also hyped up Chris Steele 
the former British yeah. spy whose fake dossier was used in part as the impetus for the investigation into whether Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 presidential election. The dossier has since been discredited as dubiously sourced and full of innuendo, rumor, and information that was already publicly available. Here's her tweet about it. Quote, listen to this last night. Chris Steele. Yes, that Chris Steele provides some great historical context about the evolution of disinformation. Worth a listen. She tweeted that in August of 2020. Um, outside yeah. of these comments, Jankowitz has also posted a number of tweets that critics panned as controversial and bizarre. Users also pointed to tweets where the executive director made past predictions that turned out to be incorrect. During Hillary Clinton's campaign against Trump, Jankowitz posted this, quote, maybe Hillary Clinton's most important point so far, a real Donald Trump presidency would embolden ISIS. Hashtag, I'm with her. And then they, the the yeah. article goes on to point out that the Islamic State actually collapsed under the Trump admin, which also uh, carried out the successful operation to kill ISIS leader uh, Baghdadi, and you know just things that she's saying he was, that are not he true. He was, yeah. But remember the what they said about Baghdadi? He was um, an astute Islamic scholar or something like that. Oh, I don't they know called if you him that. that. I and forgot. A, yeah. I, forgot. I don't think they used a stoop, but it was something derivative of that or something. But yeah, you know, they couldn't and, even, and then, he couldn't even call the ISIS leader, you know, a bad name. No. But these are the people that are going to be in charge of what disinformation is. Yeah. There's one other very concerning part of this article, and this is about her talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh, so it says, during a recent conversation with NPR, Jankowitz discussed Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter, where she voiced concern that, quote, free speech absolutists, they're trying to make that a, a bad thing now, Greg, I don't know if you know, free speech absolutists oh, would yeah. have negative consequences for marginalized communities on social media platforms. She reiterated her point in a tweet on April 25th, quote, last week I told NPR Michelle I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, what that would look like for the marginalized communities, which are already shouldering disproportionate amounts of this abuse, she wrote. Well, marginalized communities, I'm sure they, they mean minorities. Um, but so wouldn't you want to give minorities more um, speech? More speech so that if this stuff is really happening. You, it's not just the, the people that are like BLM leaders mm -hmm. that are taking advantage of these communities. And how has any of these people made any of these communities better? When, yeah, some of these marginalized communities are really suffering and there's some historical things that happened that were too terrible. And it's almost always happened under, um, well, it's always happened under the authoritarian uh, regimes. It's almost always in their Democrat districts that are authoritarian type Democrats. And so these people, the only time they got better was under Trump. Their employment got way better. Um, they were given, voices were given to the minorities within the minorities. Well, I would say the majority within the minorities, mm -hmm. but they go to a loud minority within the minority that has a very specific agenda for power and money and they give them the blue check mark, shut everybody else up, and let them have the platform. Um, you know so what? they're the ones creating disinformation. 
Yeah. And, and, and actually think about what that word marginalized means. Cause again, these guys are masters of spin, of projection yeah. of Darvo of taking words and giving them meaning that they don't actually have. And if you act, if you were really concerned about marginalized communities on Twitter, you know, who's a marginalized community, who, what community gets shadow banned, what community gets th- down throttled, what community has their replies to other tweets yeah. down throttled um that that's conservatives that's yeah. wrong what, what president that's was liberal off, yes yeah what sitting president was kicked off the platform huh. yeah. yes those are that's that's a marginalized group you can show evidence of it i don't know if you know this greg but in the past week since uh elon musk bought twitter a lot of accounts like wrong thinker accounts conservatives and liberals yeah, who don't who don't toe the line yeah, started our accounts started growing. Um, I know Zuby's account skyrocketed. Um, uh, Cernovich, a lot of the geeks and gamers guys, the Friday Night Tights guys, and people had their, some of their bans overturned. And then something weird happened. To I saw this today. Dana Loesch, she's a conservative uh, gun yeah. rights activist. She uh, she tweeted out that it looked like her shadow ban had returned. And then Sarah Higdon, who who hangs out with us sometimes on this show, Sarah Higdon said hers is returned as well. And I went to this link they have where you can check and see if you're, you're shadow banned or not. And mine has returned. Uh, so something happened. But my my point with, with, with even pointing that out is that I still interact with leftists occasionally, friends and friends of friends online, who they don't seem to believe that there's any kind of censorship that's been happening on these major social media platforms. I'm like, what kind of world and echo chamber do you live in where you don't see this? You, you don't see it going on. You don't know anyone who's been shadow banned or had their account take, you know, taken away. Um, they're, they, they seem to be like, like we were talking about in the book, 1984, they seem to be happy with their head in the sand, not looking at what's happening. But that community, if you have if you have wrong think, if you're not part of the narrative that the party or the cathedral is putting out, yeah. you are marginalized on social media. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, well, you just look at the like the what happens just with default algorithms, like on Facebook. You crack a joke. I had a I had a friend um, that he was on, you know, one of those. I wouldn't say it's exactly shit posting, but it's it's like a, a group that people kind of just trash talk each other and joke around. And um, he just said, oh, you know, see, women are crazy as a joke. And he picked up like a three day ban or something, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, off because there's no context. Now, yeah. albeit when I picked up some bands, I told people to shut their dirty whore mouth. But it was <laughs> it was a term of endearment because I. I always uh, say that when somebody uh, jokes, I would just tell them to shut their whore mouth. And uh, so I did that. It's like, boom. One of my community standards. One of my Carlos suspensions was for calling himself a slut. Oh, yeah. When he said he was a lesbian <laughs> queer or something. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 You can't. Yeah, they, I remember they, that. they selectively apply these these rules, too, against wrong thinkers they don't they don't use the same they don't apply these rules against people who uphold their narrative um yeah and and look at all the lies that they did against mikey uh, all yeah. these articles uh that they're putting out on him there were blatant lies but that's that's fine 
you know, we on Twitter we'll have we'll allow actual terrorists on there. I mean, Kamini has a Twitter account, um, but we can't let that Trump guy have one, right? You know, or we can't let that lispy queer Mike Harlow have one. And unfortunately, we have people on the quote unquote right uh, that would go, you know, ban Mike Harlow for other reasons, saying, well, this all needs to be uh, we're all soldiers of God and we can't allow the gays to have a voice because that's Satan speaking through them and mm-hmm. stuff. We had some fun conversations on uh, on one of your innocuous Facebook posts about that, oh, yeah. you know, and. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, authoritarian, no matter where it is, is wrong. And it, it puts people where they, they dig in. Um, you make no progress. You start dividing people against each other. And where people would have simple disagreements and be able to come together, like, hey, you're having that front porch, inviting your neighbor over. Your neighbor walks by that you, you know, you guys are of different political uh, ideologies, uh, which I hate ideology, but it it works, I guess, as an easy Mm -hmm. term to use. But um, you guys just sit in the porch, have a couple beers or a glass of wine or something, or drink your bourbon like I do. And you have nice conversations and disagree. You go home probably disagreeing, but you're like, ah, it was a fun conversation. I like that guy, you know? And now you can't do that. I mean, this stuff is going to, get it's deliberately going to get in the way of you making friendships with the other side. Yeah. Um, so I have, there's, if I could find it, I'd share and maybe I'll share it and you can post it up on your Facebook at some point. Um, so it was a wedding two years ago, uh, that it was my cousin's wedding and they went to Destin. Um, and, I wasn't able to make it, but almost everybody else in my family did. And then they went out to Crab Island, um, south by Destin. And you basically, you know, link up all these bugger links up their boats, I guess. And it's this beautiful, you know, it's not even an island, really. It's just like a beach. I was going to ask, really shallow, what is it? Just really shallow, beautiful, blue, crystal, clear water kind of stuff. Everybody goes out there, gets drunk, you know, links up all their boats, and they all just party together. Um so they're all out there uh, partying, you know, been just got married and stuff. They're all partying the next day in Crab Island. Jamie Foxx shows up. The comedian? A, the actor, yeah, Jamie Foxx. Oh, uh, actor. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Jamie yeah. Foxx, black guy. Yeah. Uh, um, so he shows up. You know, he's a lefty. Uh, and he you know, shows up and he just bought a brown sugar bourbon BSB. It's actually a really good bourbon. It's, it's a, like a $20 bottle, you know, it's not like a high end, but it, it's kind of like fireball, but like more brown sugar. It's actually really good. I really enjoy it. Um, and he shows up and he's like, walks out in the middle of everybody and just starts partying with them. And literally has an individual conversation with every single person. There's my family has all sorts of videos of them talking with them. They're out there drinking a uh, uh, BSB with each other, all drinking out of the same glass, you know, out of the bottle and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, singing um, 
proud to be Ameri- uh, an American. The was it Lee Greenwood or whatever song? Yeah, um, Lee Greenwood. And the, he's out there singing with them and having a great time. And behind him, you know, you see all the Trump flags and the fuck Joe Biden flags and stuff. And he's like, these are my people. And there's, it's funny because then he did an interview on some podcast where he was, you know, marketing his bourbon. Um, and he was like, yeah, I went out, uh, took all my buddies from San Francisco and went out in this boat and he was telling the story of it. And at first they're like, yeah, I mean, it's Dustin Florida is trying to describe it. He's like, it's very like Republican. It's a very conservative mm-hmm. area of Florida. Um, and they're like, oh, so like a bunch of hillbillies out there. And he says, he's like, no, no, no. And he's like, I'm from Texas. These are my people, you know? And he, he's like, he tells this story and how like all his uh, friends from San Francisco were all freaking out. They're like, what have you got me into? Oh my God, look at all these flags. They're going to hate us. And he's like, these people are nice. Everybody's having a great time. Mm-hmm. Everybody was loving each other. And he's like, we, we're missing this. Yes. He's like, this is what being an American is about. This yes. is what, what it's about. And it was so cool to see that interview like a, two years later or whenever it happened um, that he remembered that and it impacted him because it impacted all my family too, that this guy who's, you know, a mega a list movie star, liberal guy, um, go out there into a, you know, what he knows already is a big conservative area and has a blast and says like, well, these are my people. I'm from Texas. This, this is, this is my culture. This is what we do. You know, they're good folks. And they had a great time. And it was just so cool to see somebody that was that down to earth and would just walk out and individually spend time with each person and talk to them. And they all came back And like my whole family for the most part is like pretty big uh, conservative types. And they were all just like blown away. It was so cool. And it was so cool that it was, my uh, cousin's wedding that he yeah. got to have that experience. Yeah. People, this is, I think you're exactly right is everything the past few years has been leading us to this point of more division, more hatred, more animosity, even the way they set up the news stories and this, this interviewer that we saw earlier, even the way they asked the questions, they try and reinforce this division of, you know, well, Republicans say this and Democrats say this yeah. and and it, none of that matters. We forget that. And we forget that that the division is the point. They want us at each other's throats because yeah, how much they do. How much and... can they get away with when we're at each other's throats? Mm-hmm. Well, Teresa said I saw a clip of this. Uh, do you mean like the uh, that interview that I was just talking about? That would be really cool if you did. She probably um, does. I'm going to pause one second and put this up. This is a big super chat. Thank you, Jeffrey oh, wow. Fidley. 50 bucks says, thank you, Carrie. Here's some support for all the connections you've made for me. I was hoping this would make it into the conversation. The, the miss, dis, and malinformation bulletin from the DHS on February 7th, search MDM CISA, was the precursor to this. Cole, can you search for that? I would like to pull that up. Uh, that February interesting. February 7th, search for MDM CISA. But before you do that, can you put up this um, this next link and I'll start reading through it while you're looking for that. This is, this is something I pulled up, Greg, when you said we were going to talk about this today. Um, 
And now I don't know what this site is, by the way. This is a site called SGT Report. I don't know what it is, but Never heard of it. But it's interesting because on their front page, you can't see it here. I'll just tell you on their front page, they have a big red bulletin and it says alert on October 15, 2020. YouTube terminated both of our SGT report YouTube channels without warning or cause. Then on October 22nd, Patreon terminated our Patreon page without warning or cause. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. This is yeah. this is censorship in. Well, yeah, and what and what do you need uh, authoritative? <laughs> I mean, operational authority. If you can just reach out, it's not within operational authority to reach out to all these. Um, social media platforms, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. um, any of them, Instagram or whatever. And even some of these hosts because websites get taken down. So these various yes. uh, hosts and everything, uh, registrars and such to report them. And it's coming from the government. So there's instant like intimidation. So they'll, yeah. they know that they'll get those people gone. They don't need operational authority to do horrible things to people. No, they don't. And it, and this is a this is the this is the censorship in action that we're talking about. I just it's it's not new. I just want to highlight it because it just happens to be well what is this site? Oh, I don't know, but both of their YouTube channels and their Patreon's been removed. Of course they have. So, uh, this is an article that says uh the headline is at the beginning of every dictatorship comes a ministry of truth. Joe Biden just unveiled his we are officially living in Orwell's 1984 and which we've said, yeah, lots of people have made this comparison. So I want to read a little bit of this because I thought they summed it up better than I can. It's very concise. Um, it says people may be seeing the term ministry of truth quite a bit over the next few weeks as the Biden administration, less than a week after Elon Musk purchased Twitter to open it up for free speech, decides to unveil a taxpayer funded, quote, disinformation governance board which is the 2022 version of George Orwell's 1984 Ministry of Truth. Dictators are always petrified of open debate, of a free flow of information and discussions as to the merits of any given topic. The need to control any and all information, narratives, and push party propaganda by dictatorships has been part of history. From Mussolini to Hitler, the most important part of their dictatorship was to control the information and punish those that did not tow their propaganda line. Uh, and then they have this quote. This is, this is really great. The unique totalitarian project of Italian fascism reposed on a careful balance that required both popular confidence and a level of fear. The ambitions of this project reach not only into government, law, and economics, but also into the minds of Italy's people. This is what you're talking about, Greg, how it gets into our minds and causes us to fear our neighbor, lest we be reported to the officials, right? It reached into the minds of Italy's people, which the fascists believe they could reshape and recommit to the nation state. No such idea of adversarial journalism, of subjecting the actions of the state to investigation and scrutiny was to infect the minds of the nation's newspaper writers and editors. That's where we're at today. Our media, when Trump called them enemy of the people, he was not wrong. That's one of the things he's right about. They are there to uphold the party, the narrative, the cathedral, whatever you want to call it, the elite. They are there. To, they do not subject it to scrutiny. They do not subject it to investigation. They actually, when one 
story that if a story gets through that's damaging to the party, like the Hunter Biden laptop, they will squash it. They will the then the big social mm -hmm. comes in and takes it down. Um, I'll just continue this part. Rather, Mussolini contended that quote fascism requires militant journalism. The country's newspapers presenting themselves as a quote solid block committed to the cause and obscuring and outrightly burying any fact or story antithetical to it, like Biden's laptop. Even more than post-factum censorship, Mussolini favored this kind of proactive steering of the press, hardly subtle, and clearly defining his expectations as both military and civilian leader of the people. In fascist Italy, social and political pressures and the resultant self-policing by the media, self-policing by the media, were at least as important as actual legal prescriptions, probably much more important. Just as Mussolini's example had inspired Hitler and the Young Nationalist Socialist Movement, the Nazis' uh, Ministry for Popular Enlightenment and Propaganda, established in 1933, seems to have motivated Mussolini to adopt a newly invigorated approach to censorship. In a sense, then, the fascists were successful in creating, to borrow Orwell's phrase, a new, quote, climate of thought. I'll stop there. I just thought that puts it in historical context, kind mm -hmm. of what we're seeing today. Oh, absolutely. That's then that's the thing is you're you're going to start fearing your neighbor because you don't because these some of these people, a lot of them. And I've experienced this um, in work. Um, is where these people will be so nice to you. You'll do it. Like they seem great um, working with them. And, you know, so you kind of spur up a friendship and you'll say little things or you'll be doing work. But behind you, they're stabbing you in the back and they're taking everything you say to use against you later. But you would have no idea until it happens. And so that's getting more and more prevalent and now you're scared. I mean, you know, people are telling on people in other countries for not wearing masks and and stuff like that during COVID and the stuff that happened there. I mean, it's not going to end once you kind of give people a taste of that. They get used to it. They like people it. That, they, yeah, there are people that like it. They like to have that power. Yeah. Um, and they'll destroy people. Yeah. Um, can you make that bigger, Cole, so we can read it? Thank you. Uh, before, just to your point, Greg, my my friend and housemate, she's she's moved in and out with me several times during the COVID years. Um, now I think she's permanently here for, <laughs> for a while. But when she first moved in with me, she was living in LA, and and she's a, a bodybuilder and she's a, a trainer, and one of the gyms in Los Angeles that she trained at. They had shut down. L.A. was one of these places that was really authoritarian, yeah. has been very authoritarian, lockdowns and stuff. And not just authoritarian. Mayor Garcetti went on the news and said, we will pay you money if you snitch on people. And he said, uh, you've heard that that snitches get stitches. Well, I'm here to tell you snitches get rewarded. That's what he said. How gross. I right? remember this. Remember that? How gross. Yeah. And so someone, the gym that she trained out of, um, the, they did close it down. They were not allowing, it was not open to the public, 
but the owner was letting some of the trainers come in and work out when they wanted to and use the showers and what have you. So every once in a while, there'd be people coming and going, but they weren't paying customers. They were trainers. Some neighbor of the gym called and reported them. They had multiple visits from the authorities, from the police because of that snitching and because the, yeah. the, the elite, the government, the, the mayor Garcetti had set up a system that said snitches get rewarded. And she ended up leaving. Cause it's like, how can you live and work and, and, you know, it, it, forget about not being able to make a living at that time. You're also just in that culture of fear that this is talking about where, Everyone is looking how, how they can get a payday by reporting you or they can get a good little check mark next to their name yeah. because they've snitched on you, you know. Um, oh, it's yeah, it's 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 scary stuff, you know. And yeah, to have and those people feel good about it. Yeah. You know, there's like, yeah, I got them. And it's like boom, notch that put that that's a little another metal I can, you know, put on my chest or whatever. Yeah. And it's 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 not some people and we've talked about it multiple times almost anybody that has channels like this talk about it of how you know eventually you're not going to be woke enough and they're going to come after you and how many examples do we need to have of that to wake people up saying this is not about right and left this is about authoritarianism yes Jules and, in the oh, do you want to no, read that so we were told us excuse me uh, we were told to snitch on our neighbors breaking lockdown rules in the UK. It's a mess. Like, how can you, then you, you don't want to live around neighbors. And I, I actually, I mean, I don't like neighbors like butted right up against me, but I like having neighbors mm -hmm. um, because I like people. I like to chat with people. I like, you know, to help them out. Like, Hey, you know, if my neighbor needs help, there's somebody I can help out. I, I enjoy being there for others. And so, you know, we've got a lot of new neighbors. A lot of people have sold their properties um, where I live and new people have moved in. And, well, we don't really talk much. We'll wave to each other. But it's, you know, if we need something like, hey, do you have a tool for this? Or, you know, are you familiar with cars? My car's doing this and stuff like, yeah, let me walk over and we'll figure it out. Or, you know, they'll be out there having beers like, hey, why don't you come over and have a beer? You know, and you might not have a whole lot in common, might not be somebody that like, oh, we're not going to go out and hang out together, but we're friendly. We like each other. And as a neighborhood, you look out for each other. We're, we're mm -hmm. losing that, that quality of having, you know, where your neighborhood watches out for one another. Yeah. And if there's issues, you guys solve it internally. You walk over to your neighbors and say, Hey, you know, um, love you guys, but you know, it's, it's Sunday night and it's 11 o'clock and, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know mostly those are calls on me um but like you know people just say hey can you keep it down a little bit you know kid i gotta work early in the morning or something like, yeah no problem not a big deal yeah because you um, know each other you have community yeah it's like yeah. and you just like oh i'm sorry i wasn't even thinking i'd lost track of time yeah let me turn that down yeah um and usually we just kind of like we'll pay you know mostly try to pay attention to the time or we'll warn People are like, hey, we're gonna have a party. It might get a little loud tonight. Um, if it's if it's too much, just let you know. Let us know. Um, but you miss all that because you don't know who you meet. And the, the thing I find amazing about people, you know, I've you know met people just at stores and stuff, and 
somehow a conversation will get started and you learn something about this person and these amazing yeah. things that they've done. You can meet some incredible yeah. people and make friends. And all of a sudden now you've got like one of the, your best friends in the world that you met just because you weren't afraid to go out and talk to them or help them uh, bring their groceries to their car. If it was just by themselves, they're carrying all these groceries or something They're like, Hey, let me give you a hand. And, um, can I, mean, I tell you? Good... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, here. Oh, you're fine. At our at our new old house, uh, a few months ago, it's been a few months now. I'm bad with time, but I I got stuck in the mud, and couldn't get out. And and um, different neighbors who we don't even know yet, who just live around us. One guy stopped a huge pickup truck bigger than mine. Um, another guy went to his house and got a chain. And these strangers just like spent their evening pulling me out of the mud. And that's that, yeah. that's that community building that like, yeah. Who was it that I said, think, Oh, uh, J Adam, wait, no, John Pagdaloa. I, I know I, I butchered your last name, probably butchered your first name too. Um, but communal living, not communistic living. Yes. Yeah. Communal living. Yes, exactly. Um, this bulletin, that Cole pulled up that someone in the chat recommended. This is actually related to some things that, that Brett Weinstein has been talking about on Twitter. And so I want to pull those tweets up after this, but, but, but let's re I'm so glad someone recommended this because this is what Weinstein's been talking about. Um, uh, DHS issues, national terrorism advisory system, NTAS bulletin today, the secretary of Homeland security, this is from February 7th. Um, Alexandro Mayorkas issued a National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin regarding the continued heightened threat environment across the United States. This is the fifth NTAS bulletin issued by the Department of Homeland Security since January of 2021, and it replaces the current bulletin that was set to expire tomorrow. Quote, DHS remains committed to proactively sharing timely information and intelligence about the evolving threat environment with the American public, says Mayorkas. We also remain committed to working with our partners across every level of government and in the private sector to prevent all forms of terrorism and targeted violence and to support law enforcement efforts to keep our communities safe. This NTAS bulletin outlines the key factors that have increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the current threat environment and highlights resources for individuals and communities to stay safe. Okay, so yeah, scroll down. Here's where this mis, dis, and malinformation stuff is coming from. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation. MDM. They gave it an acronym. MDM. Mm -hmm. it introduced put an A on the end of it. That's MDM. what they're doing. <laughs> Uh, introduced and amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction, to sow discord and undermine public trust in the government. In the, ah, they undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, mass casualty attacks, and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat 
to the nation. While the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. Number one, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Yeah, why would the government want that even if it wasn't about like Twitter and stuff? Why would they want that? I wonder. Because hmm. our government's done some pretty shady stuff that they really don't like people to know about. Yeah, this is the number. They. I mean, they, look at what we I'm, did in Syria. <laughs> we just bombed villages. Like, I, th yeah. I think it's telling that they listed this as number one because... It is what they are concerned about is more people are waking up all the time and do not trust the government and do not trust our media for good reason. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to say, well, this is as a result of uh, bad actors internally and domestic. That's why people don't trust us anymore. Yeah, no, it's, they're the bad actors and they know it. It's all major projection, but it's also they're, this is why they're freaking out over Twitter of it becoming hopefully a free speech platform um, or just let it all get destroyed. I'm, I'm fine either way. Um, yeah. But that they lose so much political power if you, because it's the new public square. Twitter is the public square. Yeah. And so you remove, you remove that power from it. Anybody can talk and say things outside of what's already illegal, like calls for violence and threats and harassment. Um, and you let people talk. Yeah. There's going to be some, yeah, you, it's going to be some people from gab. that are going to come over. And yeah, a lot of gab is some racist stuff because they've been pushed yeah. out of everywhere else. Personally, I think sunlight's the best disinfectant, and I like to know who the racists are so I can avoid talking to them. Yes. Um, <laughs> Same. So, but no, now we just put, relegated them to the shadows, you know, and what's, you know, good things don't happen. You know, they, you know, what is it? Uh, Washington Post. It's like democracy dies in the darkness. In the darkness. And I'm like, well, where are you putting all these people? Yes. <laughs> good point. Very so good point. It, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So let um, or did you have other stuff to? Well, that you wanted to cover first. No, I I'm done with this unless you have something to add because I want to pull up the Weinstein tweets now. Yeah. Yes. Pull up the Weinstein. Yeah. So do Weinstein. It. Yeah, do it. Come on. He talked. <laughs> Brett Weinstein talked about this, and I thought he had some very good insight about what's happening. Um, he says, "Glad to see that people are alarmed by the DHS Ministry of Truth announcement." but let's connect the full set of dots. Recall that, quote, disinformation has been defined by the DHS as terrorism. Mm -hmm. and that's that's why he's talking about is that February 7th alert. Yeah, and you, you that, inch it close, you get it into terrorism, then boom, where you get that authority, you know, operational, yes. operational authority. Yeah. Because wait, terrorism. Wait, go, yeah, sorry. Recall that disinformation has been defined by the DHS as terrorism giving the executive branch utterly extraordinary powers to fight it. Um, and then he highlights this piece from the dhs.gov 
uh, summary of terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. And this is part of what we just read, where they're basically yeah. saying that what they're calling MDM, mis, dis, or malinformation, is uh, is a form of is a form of terrorism. Okay, so keep going down, Cole, because he talks about the repercussions of this, which I think are quite terrifying. He says, once you've been secretly designated a disinformation terrorist, your rights evaporate and the executive branch has unlimited power over you. You don't even have the right to know that the designation has occurred. See the Patriot Act in the NDAA of 2012. And then he includes a link about that. So this is all very sly. It's all very underhanded way of being able to declare us terrorists if they say we're putting out disinformation. Uh, he says, and your ability to avoid being designated a disinformation terrorist isn't even something you can control by sticking to what you believe are well-established facts. Disinformation is not alone in being terrorism. The DHS defines two other categories, misinformation, honest errors, and malinformation, things grounded in truth that cause a distrust of the government. Those are now terrorists too. Uh, as an aside, Facebook is, <coughs> I, I saw this as, um, this is happening at Facebook now for the past year. They instituted in one of their new, they're constantly updating their terms of service. And in one of their new updates uh, in the past year, I got a ban for I think it was seven days or something, uh, or 30 days, something like that, because they said that uh, one of my posts violated the new terms of service. And what I had posted was something factual. I'd posted, it was a study about ivermectin. It was an actual, look yeah. at this study. I didn't even add that much commentary. And they took it down and I looked at their new terms of service and they had a whole new section. And it said, uh, here's all the things that are violations. Okay. And then at the bottom, they had added this new part and they said, basically anything, even it's, even if it's fact, even if it's grounded in truth and it's fact, we will consider it a violation. If it sows distrust in yeah. uh, the COVID protections that we think are. So if you cause people to question the narrative by posting facts or posting a scientific study, we will take it down and we will give you a suspension. And that's what this is, Brett Weinstein is calling malinformation, things grounded in truth, but cause a distrust. Of yeah, notice government. how, and you posted it before those terms of service. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so and this is another thing, is all the stuff that was fine yesterday is no longer fine today but we're going to punish you for what you said yesterday which was completely fine then but it's not fine now so you're going to be punished for it mm -hmm. how, that you know how does that make sense yeah and they and they're giving themselves permission to censor you for posting the truth because they're saying well it may not be disinformation it may not be incorrect but it's malinformation meaning it's true but it causes it causes people to distrust the government <laughs> Now you're a terrorist. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. You, you have to laugh at this stuff. It's so ridiculous. But so many people are buying into it. And like, yeah, I mean, we we can't so distrust in our, you know, our author, authoritative individuals, you know, people in authority. We can't. That That's dangerous for national security. Why? Yeah.
I mean, the whole Constitution was written based on the government sucks. We've been under an authoritarian regime. We didn't get representation before um, because they were too busy in England to care about what happened in the colonies. And so they gave us no no, uh, avenue to lay out our grievances or get them heard properly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, it was, you should always distrust your government until proven otherwise. Yes. He, so I'm going to continue with these tweets. Uh, he says, they have literally, this is Brett Weinstein, we have, they have literally built a structure in which if you exercise your right to critique those in power, they gain absolute power over you in secret. I wish I was making it up or was somehow confused, but I'm simply connecting dots as they logically fit together. And it all reflects what ex-NSA agent Bill Benny described as a, quote, turnkey totalitarian state. When he said it, we were building one. Now the key is being turned. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cole. And Yeah, and when you had, uh, was it last week you had Nick Ricada on, mm-hmm. which was a great, uh, oh, great interview. And, um, but he made some really good points because, uh, one of your commenters had mentioned about, you know, having a, uh, like a parallel economy mm-hmm. and Nick Riccata really laid out kind of why that is inevitably what needs to happen because, you know, you brought up the points of like the clearing house and how they have the rules in order to be a banker. And to be able to do these transactions and stuff with the banks um, that you have to abide by the rules of the clearinghouse, which is not an elected, you know, body, but it's almost acts like a governing body because they kind of controlling your money. And the only way to get around that is to have a parallel economy. And that's such a like a nutshell, bright, uh, crappy way of describing. But it was amazing points. Yeah. Uh if you really want to hear the good breakdown of it, I would watch that interview if you haven't, because that was, he says some, he's a really smart guy. You know, I mostly watch him because one, he's a smart guy, but he's hilarious. And his, his podcast cracks me up. I kind of, I kind of like some of the drama uh, sometimes. So we should is. have him on a Monday. So you guys. Oh, can dude, out. if you could, if you could do that, that would be hysterical. Okay, we'll try. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, but when you get them down, like pass all the jokes and the wise cracks and stuff, which if that's your thing, it's hysterical. He is a very smart guy Mm -hmm. and he really understands this stuff at a very deep level and has a really good way of illustrating um, with words why this stuff matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's got a good head on his shoulders about how he views things. He doesn't get polled one way or the other or politics it's more out of principle and where he stands and he's been yeah. pretty consistent i think he has a solid foundation i'm now yeah. now when i meet That's people I'm, solid foundation. I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out like what is your foundation what is it based on because if you don't know what it is i don't know i i, I should probably keep you at arm's length <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting yeah. to learn that. <laughs> and it, it's such a but, shame yeah. and that you can't just want to see the best in people. 
I do. And, I do. Yeah. You know, and it, it becomes that like now all of a sudden you have to be guarded. Like I just, I, I'm not good at living like that. I'm trying to be nice to everybody and try to think that, you know, see the good in them, do good things for them. But man, then you get stabbed in the back so many times yes. and you just like, it, it puts you down and then you can't trust people. And then how that ends up hurting, you know, the community. We're talking about communal living as opposed to uh, commune, communist living. Communist, yeah. Um, that you're no longer part. Like, what if you were that person that brought all these other people together? Because certain people have great personalities that they bring people together. People like to hear them. And through them, other people get to make connections. And they make connections with the right people that when they need help, they're, they're there to help them, you know, so if they've got car issues, they're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, something happens to their car. They got somebody in the community community that just, oh, yeah, um, I had one of those. I used to have a, you know, 95 Saab, you know, uh, 900 CS. That's happened, Greg, in our community with the knitters, um, the friends that have met each other through the show. And then they've they've uh, uh, one new friend offered a place to stay to another one during a hurricane that was coming through Florida. And yeah, those connections are beautiful. Yeah. That's like, what this is about. That's what's so amazing. And that's it. You, you destroy that. This, the government and these authoritarian people are destroying that by making you question other people. And I don't quite know what the answer to that other than is, you know, don't let it change you go out there and have a good time, you know, be friendly with people. You see somebody that needs help, you help them. Um, you don't give them a litmus test of, Oh, well, you know, on Facebook back in uh, 2018, <laughs> some pretty racist things or racy things rather. I, 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 you know, hopefully somebody else will help you, but I can't, you know, yeah. or I'm going to, you know, instead of fixing your tire, I'm, going to pretend I'm fixing your tire, but I'm going to break that lug nut or I'm, you know, going to disconnect your CV joints or something, you know, yeah. and make you wreck and stuff. I mean, you, <laughs> you don't know now because once you start convincing people, especially through the narratives of authority sources, like the government that are telling people that these, you know, malinformation, information terrorists that you put them in a light. Like, I mean, would you go help a somebody you knew was a terrorist that was stranded on the side of the road? No. Right. I mean, you're not going to. She's like, well, he's a terrorist. Yeah. You know, I maybe I'll try to kind of just swerve over a little bit and just give him a little love tap or something. They, they want to be able to call any wrong thinker a terrorist for a reason. You know, yeah. to put, put you on the dangerous. outside of society even more. Uh, yeah. TPS, thank you, sir, for the super chat. Says threats and harassment by the woke are okay, but truth equals terrorism. Yeah, that's where we are today. That's where we are. And then Jeffrey Fidley, thank you again, sir. Twenty bucks. Says, and this is exactly what I wanted you to see. Oh, I think he's talking about the Brett Weinstein stuff. Yeah, yeah. Trapped thank like you. seventy dollars today. Wow, dude. I need some uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Look, Oh, hi, two sisters and some yarn. She says, uh, I never understood how you would get peace and unity when you shun anyone who thinks differently than you. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Because you learn, I mean, man, you could be somebody, and I've learned, uh, 
had multiple experiences like this, where it's somebody that you disagree with on so many things, but you can still learn so much from them, whether it be from your disagreements yeah. um, and you get to learn better of like where their perspective is coming from. But most of these people that I disagree with politically, at least in real life, um, they, if I need help, they, they don't question it. They go and help me, you know, or yeah. if they need help, we go and help them. And, you know, regardless of like, ah, you know, I don't want to hang out with them maybe, but it's like, it's somebody that needs help. You go and help them. And you end up learning things or you, you can find common ground on things or, you know, they can change your opinion on something for the better. You could change theirs on something for the better. Um, yeah. But you don't do that by distancing yourself from people. Yeah. And it's so different than with this, this fake whole, you know, diversity crap, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's forced diversity. Forced diversity is never diversity. Diversity is just, Hey, come on in. <laughs> yes. But uh, no, that's great chat. Uh, I just have to put this one on screen, Greg. Sonora Baptiste. I hope I'm saying that right. Hello, sir. This is my, this is my favorite new small world connection. Speaking of community building, this guy uh, is a trainer at my local gym. And, oh, really? Yeah. And he recognized me one day and asked me because he recognized me from Friday Night Tights. He watches that show all the time. Isn't that funny? Now, that is my, that's pretty cool. My town's pretty small. It's like, what? What are the chances? Hello, sir. Thanks. For <laughs> <me>. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So now he's your trainer? No, he's, oh, a he's trainer. just a trainer. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I can't uh, cheat on my, my friend and housemate, Tina. She's my trainer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. She'll yeah. always be my trainer. Although, she jokes that I put her through the Texas training because I make her when she first moved in with me the first time during COVID, we um, we built a huge there's an old abandoned tub at my old house that was in the backyard that the previous owner had left there, a cast iron tub. And so what we so did, heavy. we went to Home Depot and we built a bunch of brick. We got a bunch of bricks and brought them and unloaded each brick. And we built a whole beautiful um, brick like planner around the tub. And, but then, so she helped me carry all these bricks, load them into the truck, unload them, carry them to the garden, build this thing. And then once we looked at it, we were like, I don't like these bricks. They're small and red. It doesn't look good. So we, we took all of oh, them. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be your friend anymore. I'm just telling you right now. We took all the bricks back from Home Depot. And then we got these bigger white uh, bricks that were cut a different way. And we rebuilt the whole thing. And she's like lugging all these bricks with me. And then, yeah, th that's a friend. And that's my Texas yeah. train. My Texas workout is basically doing garden work. And then she also helped me. Oh, man, we cleaned all the gutters. We got up on ladders and we repainted uh, the back of the house. Like she's we've uh, raked and carried probably 20 bags of leaves. One time she helped me with that. And so she was joking that there needs to be some kind of uh, where you, you sign up to, to work with a physical trainer, but they just have you do yard work and stuff. <laughs> You know, I've always kind of had that thought. I was like, man, there needs to be like a way that they, somebody comes up with like a good workout, like gets all like the groups that you need to hit, like all the muscle groups, but you're actually doing things around your house and actually getting it done. Yes. And But they, there's got to be some way to make that seem enticing. Cause like, oh, well I can actually be productive and I got my workout in for the day. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's. A, I don't like going to the gym. Um, I'm trying to get my garage clean back up so I can put a little gym in my garage so I don't have to work out in front of people. Look at um, this. Oh wait, uh, my husband's here, Greg. He says, "Then your husband oh. helped you tear it down and load your truck this past weekend. What a great guy!" <laughs> 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 Who? <laughs> Yeah, but those are just your husbandly duties. That's a thankless job. He did. He said, are, are we really taking that rock that rock garden? I was like, yeah, because Tina and I built the whole thing. We have to take it with us. And and he was we we did spend a, quite a bit of time carrying all those bricks to the back of my truck. And then we, he's like, at least we don't have to take the tub. I was like, oh no, we're taking the tub. We had to carry the like, tub. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Those tubs are so heavy. They're yeah. so heavy. It's ridiculous how heavy they are. Aww. It's like carrying some of those old CRT TVs. I'm like, no, can you help me carry my TV? And we're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, well, it's a 42 inch CRT. <laughs> and we're like, no, I am not. <laughs> what is what does that CRT mean? What's that stand for? Uh, cathode ray something God, i'm gonna have was, to google it ask me questions okay. i'm trying I've to pretend like i'm smart until you ask me questions i know i just never heard that acronym for a tv i only know it now for critical race theory so uh there's another idea along these lines of cathode uh, ray tubes that's it okay yeah those are those are pretty heavy they're they make them pretty lightweight now um oh yeah i mean i can lift like i had a 65 inch tv um that i bought for like 400 bucks which is ridiculous um lead cheap i put mounted that picked it up myself and on my wall all by myself you know well i mean one because i'm super strong and in shape but no they're they're way lighter now yeah uh, john ah oh, damn it i'm i don't i always mispronounce your last name john pagladio <laughs> yeah, I John, know it's not that. I know it's not that. John Pagaladulio for 20 bucks says, I'm over being called a terrorist and racist. To me, it's like a kindergartner calling me a duty head. Yeah, you get to that point. It's the best place to be where you just are like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Like, well, no, you're the you're the, the racist Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Tell my mom on you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's childish stuff. And you can, you always see like if they just come out, they roll out the same words and it loses all meaning. Then, so when it's a real racist, you know, yeah. then boy, boy who cried means wolf. nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I think we're pretty much, we should wrap up soon. I'm just kind of shooting the Yeah, I'm done talking. Now. I'm so tired of it. God, uh, Greg, can I rough. show you this? Can I show you this old phone since you're talking about old TVs? Yeah. Okay. This and I know how to use those phones, so I'm gonna get this hooked up. Kids, do you want to tell the kids what this is? They don't know. <laughs> um, well, the phone used to work. It's a what do you got? The little dial phone, touch dial phones, rotary, rotary phone. That's it, yeah. And you gotta go to the one number bring it all the way down let it go go to the next number bring it all the way down let it go yeah i we used to have one in my you know a long time ago when i was a kid but we had it we had and it, it was like or change it at the old television you have to change the channel on the knob 
and yeah. you'd get past it. You have to turn it all the way around to get. So if you get one number past, dang it, I can't go back. I have to turn it all the way around again. Yeah. I love these old things. I, I, I miss them. So we are like, yeah, we should get a wired connection and just have a phone and maybe get a less. Yes. Dion says they were indestructible. Yeah. These phones, you could drop this. It's fine. They're all Ooh. like, and, and then the kitchen one, we had one in our kitchen. They're like, Sometimes, yeah, they would have a long cord. So you could go to like yep. all the rooms in the house while you were on the phone. <laughs> oh, and you have like, you get on your cord, you get the little swirls and you have the long one that that's yeah. what hit around the corner and got constantly got pulled. <laughs> yes. until that, that curl would get pushed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like 25 foot cables and then mm -hmm. it'll curl up and you get this ball. When you try to pull the phone, then you're crap, and you pull the whole thing <laughs> off the hook because you, their whole ball is stuck together. Yeah, good times. There's this one comedian uh, I worked with a little bit named John Roberts. He does the voice on Bob's Burgers for the mom. He, oh, he does yeah. the mom's voice. Yeah, really. And yeah, and he. Uh, I like Bob's Burgers. I, I do too. I and I like John a lot. He's probably very woke now, but um, anyway. He, he's great with voices and he used to do this impression. I think it's probably still on YouTube. He did a video called the phone call and it was him. He used to play his mom. That's how he got that role in Bob's burger. He, he would wear a wig and he would play a character that was loosely based on his mom. And, and in the phone call, it's just a, it's just a YouTube video where he's playing his mom. He's wearing like a bathrobe or something and he's got the big wig, the big hair and he's on a rotary phone like that. And it's that scene that everyone just remembers from childhood. The whole video is her just on the phone, walking all through the house, vacuuming, like smoking a cigarette, like letting the dog out, like never gets off the phone. There's one shot where you just see him walking down the stairs and the cord is just going all the way yeah. down. <laughs> it's so funny to think back on that yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah, I used to do that. Um, anyway. Uh, I've enjoyed hanging out with yeah, you today. Yeah, don't Sarah. want it to. Yeah. Two sisters and some yarn said, don't want to talk to somebody, just take the phone off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> or you could do it like you could like put little like put some tape, you know, to bunch it up, you know, so you could have it look like it was on, but off the hook. So it didn't look right. like your, you know, your parents wouldn't know that you had taken it off the hook or whatever. Point. Yeah. You come up with all sorts of stuff. Uh, well, you have to come visit us once we get this place fixed up. And... Yes. Yeah, we'll ride in Jeeps. You can show me how to make a knife. Maybe, maybe not. I don't oh, have yeah. all the equipment. Definitely. You don't need that much equipment. Um, it's, I mean, technically you can do it with, you know, uh, a just regular, you know, metal cutting handsaw, like a little jigsaw, I think is what you call them. Um, and, you know, some files to file in the, uh, the design, you know, get your template in. And uh, and then you you can use the files to get your bevels and stuff. And you could do it all with very simple tools. Maybe you can show me how to make a prison knife. Like, oh, how get you a shank. Yeah. yeah. Should I, we'll make it out of a toothbrush. Yeah. We'll tie some like <laughs> tape around the end. Let's do that. Yeah, that'll be cool. awesome. I'm all for that. <laughs> well, thank you guys for hanging out with us today. This is my sometime co-host Greg Wilson. And where can people find you online if they want to find you? I know you're hard to find. Um, I mean, the three creators page is still there. So you can 
um, message that, or, you know, you can find me on my Facebook page. It's just my personal Facebook page. Um, you'll see a picture of my, uh, beautiful mug and, uh, you can, you know, shoot me a friend's request or something. If you shoot me a message, I'll get it, but it's weird how Facebook sends messages that from people that aren't in your friends list, it goes into like a separate bucket. Yes. And I am notorious for not checking that bucket until like a week later because um, some folks sent me messages and I didn't see it till later. But um, what's her? I can't remember her name. I have to look it up on Facebook. But, you know, she sent me pictures of a really cool um, bench that uh, would made was like Jeep parts and stuff. I believe. And yeah. she got it at uh, Chris Cooley's old uh, art studio in, uh, I believe it was in Richmond or somewhere in Northern Virginia. He was a uh, Redskins. Oh, okay. It was a, and that, that was really cool to see that. Um, That's awesome. There's a place in, uh, out here in Texas when you come visit, if you go to Hill Country, like that's where all the wine stuff is. And it's just beautiful out in Hill Country. And there's a there's one place called the Wine Garage, which has a lot of old. It's a winery, but they have a lot of old cars, and they take those old, maybe Jeep parts. I don't know, but they take old uh, the the backs of trucks and they make benches and stuff out of them too, like like reuse, recycle all that that old automotive stuff, which is pretty cool. So yeah. Anyway, we should be cool. there. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, okay, thank you guys for hanging out. I'm yeah, I'm gonna hold you to getting uh, Necrocada on Monday with me. I'm gonna, hold I'm you gonna to try. It. We're gonna try. <laughs> if you guys are fans of Necrocada, tell them to come hang out with us on a Monday show. So uh, you can like and subscribe if it's your first time here. This is a live show we do Mondays and Fridays, just hanging out, talking about what's in the news. Uh, we do have a subscribe star and a locals and a Patreon and all the things. We have a book club. We postponed it because I was moving. We're still reading that dreaded freaking Fauci book. You have time to get it and join us. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you later. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Cool. And now's the awkward moment where I pull up the video. There we go.